Welcome to Farming Eternal, an eternal podcast for farmers, hosted by me, Patrick Rapatamaru, and Hats on Lamps. It's episode 106. For those of you tuning in for the first time, we are a draft-focused podcast. Our goal is to help you and me, mostly me, get better at draft. We get into the nitty-gritty of the drafting process with a little meta-analysis and play tips thrown in. So this week, Hats on Lamps, taking the week off. Um, but we do have a very special guest, and that is Frafa. Hello, Frafa. Hey, guys. Um, so you, um, if you don't know, Frafa is uh, an eternal streamer. He uh, recently got second in the draft open. And so we're just here to talk about limited and, um, yeah, and, and, and what the draft open meant for, uh, for drafting and, and uh, maybe what we've learned from this draft open. So I'm very excited to have Rafa. He's actually one of our most prolific contributors to the seven win spreadsheet. So this is very exciting to pick, to pick your brain today. Okay. So awesome. uh, before we get into, get into that though, uh, I, we do have some exciting news. So as always, we, uh, um, I, I like to talk about our Patreon, which uh, we do have one at patreon.com slash farming eternal, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to our show notes and recording bloopers. And then also for more money, you can get fun things like food from our farm. And we have a new patron who signed up for the ultra omega tier. So thank you, John, as well as another new patron, Dan. Um, and for uh, John and Dan, if you have a name you'd prefer me to call you when shouting you out every week for our patrons, please let me know uh, in Discord or you can s send uh, a message through our email. Uh, but as always, thank you to Demo, Steve Irwin, Cotillion, Loki Trickster, Mercurio Blue, Abednego, Meagles, Madness, Darth Herman 2, Twin Hex, Jed the Homerade, Raven Dragon, Esrid 215 Sunblaze, Work Done Sun, and Yist Out. Uh, and then also, um, yeah, um, another one of the perks you get as being a patron is you get a patron role on the Discord, where sometimes when we have guests like Frafa, you, uh, I ask if you have any questions, and you can send me the questions. And we had a couple people send some questions in for Frafa, so another yet another patreon perk um cool so uh let's get right into it um <clears throat> how was your draft week uh this week rafa yeah so um i was on vacation so i i didn't draft um a lot since since the opening i, I played the opening uh on vacation <laughs> and uh then i came back uh, on the weekend and i I, I normally only draft um, on stream because, like, yeah, yeah, I stream I stream a lot normally, and and that's enough drafts for me. Um, and I only had a stream on Monday this week, so I only had uh, three drafts after the opening, which uh, were quite good. They they went pretty well. Two of them are in the farming eternal seven win list. <laughs> Just had the seven zero draft. Um, with with Eli, which is kind of my new favorite uh, faction combo. I, I had a triple controller, triple displacer, and and some other sweet sweet stuff. Uh, like two unstable forms. Unstable form is also so good in the in the current format, and it did an awesome job for me. 
Um, yeah, and uh, the second seven win deck was uh, Archenport Discard. I I like I I don't really play Archenport Discard very often, but this uh, came together pretty well. I think I started with pick one and pick two custom munitions, <laughs> so I had already double custom munitions. So I kind of tried to force some um, Discard synergies. Uh, and and ended up with with uh, with a dark water wines, a path cutter, a privilege, which is awesome for uh, for the munitions and uh, some other small small discard synergies. And I think I started uh, out uh, one two, and and then we got to seven two, so we got a little bit lucky uh, on on the later uh, later games. But yeah, so so the the draft uh, after after the open was was pretty awesome. Uh, one one six win list and two seven win lists, so I, I won't complain. <laughs> and yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to do more drafts uh, today and tomorrow. Oh, that's really great. Um, so, well, two two questions. One is, so do you, do you like customs munitions as a card? Um, I think the card is really interesting. I, I think it it's a little bit like, like, you now I, I don't know. It's hard to compare, but but um, like you have to to lose a lot of value for using it. So I think it's an awesome card. Um, in in the in the late game to to finish off opponents, um, I think it's really hard to to evaluate the card. Like if you use it too early, you and and then your opponent has some answers to to the things you're doing. Um, it it can be quite, yeah, like quite bad, and because you yeah you just lose a lot of cards, and and if you can't finish off. Uh, but in in general, I I really like the card. Like it's mm-hmm. it's quite flexible. Like worst case, you just play it and don't use it or use it once or twice. Um, but yeah, I think it's a it's a quite good card. And if you find some synergies, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I I really have trouble evaluating whether like whether it's just an Argent Port card or whether it can also be an aggressive card like your finisher because you're not really. You know, I I recently had a actually this week I had a, a semi-aggressive Rakano deck, and I also picked up a customs munitions, and I I like I couldn't figure out <laughs> whether the customs munitions like fit in the deck because I was like oh well my curve is pretty low so I can like play customs munitions and then just start discarding excess power to be hitting in the air, but then you start getting into the situations where it's also you know, because it gives war cry, so you're like buffing up your units. So then you're like, some of the cards you draw, you don't want to discard. So it's like it also slows itself down in a sense. And I, because I was Ricardo, I didn't really have that many, many like discard synergies per, per se. So then I was like trying to figure out whether it was worth it to spend a card as like a, a semi-finisher, <laughs> you know, just as a discarded card, give a unit flying. I think I would, I would always run it just, just out of curiosity <laughs> or to try yeah. it out. Like I haven't played it a lot in uh, not Archenport decks, but I think it can be, it can be quite, quite good in Rakana too. Like, yeah. And I think uh, like the, the problem of having two good cards that you don't want to discard it is yeah, like 
you just don't discard it. <laughs> and and yeah. as you said, it's it's always good in an acro deck to to get rid of uh, to get rid of power. So yeah, 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 the, yeah. Like the question is, of course, if if like it would have been better to to play another unit or or something else. But I I don't think it's it's like really bad in in a lot of um, cases. So I, I think if I find the munitions, I'll, I'll always I'll always pick it and I'll always run it because it can just be a game winner, like a, a win condition at some point. And I don't remember what my other question was anymore, so I think we'll we'll go into my draft week. Okay. Um, so I've done two drafts this week. I had a kind of what I thought was not very good film deck splashing some justice for some random discard synergies so it was a pretty heavy splash of um i had one racketeer i had two collapses maybe one other justice card but i was mostly foul and then i was also splashing a time sketch because i didn't really have any late game so i had like a lot of removal and uh, some cute synergies but really no way to win the game and then uh, this deck uh, ended up going 7-2. And kind of like your deck, it started 1-2, where I won my first game, and then I just got obliterated two games in a row. And I was like, oh, this is <laughs> this is not going well. Um, but then the deck turned around, and I think I drew pretty well. Um, we, ha- we had a game uh, with this deck where you'd gotten me down to two life, and then I finally stabilized and was kind of able to turn it around. I had a storm caller, which is uh, great in this format, just for pinging off stealth and killing some X1s when you need to. Um, And then I just kept having game after game like that, where I was like barely scraping by and then somehow just like slowly stabilized and then turn the game around just like beating down with two ones. Um, So that was a lot of fun. Uh, Then I drafted this, what I thought was a pretty good Rakano deck. Uh, (laughs) Had a customs munitions, it had a line X, it had a bunch of weapons. Um, It had some uh, other good cards and I just couldn't get there. I went 0-3 with the deck. my first loss, I, w- I was looking back at the at the my game history, and the first game I got run over, and then the next two games I lost, and they were both 19 turns, which is, I guess, never a good sign with your <laughs> aggressive Rakano deck. Um, I also think I was on the draw in each of those three games, which did not help either. But um, I think it, it felt sort of like a these two runs felt like a metaphor for how this format has shifted a little bit. And I think uh, some of the things we might talk about where, um, uh, you know, it seems like maybe people are more down on these aggressive strategies and are coming around to uh, being a little bit more mid-rangey, a bit more controlling. And, um, you know, I know with the draft open prep, uh, you're part of uh the team barbarian camp. And I don't know how much you worked with the team preparing for the draft, but like this past, these past two weeks, listening to podcasts and hearing people talk about it, it's, 
it was kind of interesting to hear other players sort of opinions on the format. Um, so I'm excited to get to that in our main topic. Um, so uh, next is card of the week. So uh, this is also kind of fun. Um, so oh, I had our resident data expert, uh, Alabazoo, run some numbers on uh, your 35 seven win decks, uh, Frafa. And uh, he came up with your number one card by quite a large margin, actually, uh, with 29 copies compared to your next highest card, which only had uh, 21 copies. And your number one card is Thorncrawler. So uh, I, I saw that you wanted to pick Thorncrawler as your card of the week after you heard this. So what are your, some thoughts you have on this card? Yeah, like um, I, I wasn't guessing it at, at first because I play a lot of um, time and time and justice uh, right now. But but uh, especially in the beginning of the format, I, I everyone who's watching my stream knows that I, I'm so high on Thorncrawler. I almost every time pick Thorncrawler if I'm in in shadow or if there's no no real bomb. Um, I think it's just so so valuable. It was even more valuable when I was playing more more acro decks. Uh, but it's also really good just against acro decks. Like if you play a, if you play an acro deck and you have the Thorncrawler and they they don't answer it immediately, you gain at least four life. And then you, if if they block it, you gain four life and trade with a unit. And if they don't block it, you gain four life and then you gain another four life and trade for another unit the turn after. Or they need to uh, use some removal for it. So I think the value of the Thorncrawler is really high. Of course, people are playing a lot of around stealth or against stealth uh, and ping them to reveal them or, yeah, just answer them pretty fast. But I, I still have the feeling um, that Thorncrawler is, is a really, really powerful card uh, because it, yeah, it just deals four lifesteal damage if, if it doesn't get hard removed with a, with a topple or something else. And if someone is using a topple on my Thorncrawler, I'm super happy. Like it's it's a four one. It, it's so easy to block, but on the other other side, it's like just so much value. So yeah, I was really high on Thorncrawler uh, at the start of the format, and I I still really like it. Um, I think my 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 playstyle shifted a little bit uh, away from aggro, uh, but yeah, Thorncrawler is still just just one of my one of my favorite cards. Yeah, I I think Thorncrawler was maybe. Oh, one of the like most misevaluated cards of the format because I think it's like when you just look at the card, you're like, this seems so bad. <laughs> a four one that dies to anything that can't block, like for for three. But then, as you play Thorncrawler, you just like realize it it does quite a bit. You know, like the four attack means that. It trades, you know, it's one of the few uh, three cost for attack stealth units. So, like, a lot of people will be comfortable, um, you know, blocking a three cost stealth unit with a 4 4, uh, thinking that it'll eat it. And Thorncrawler, you know, will trade in that, in that scenario. Um, also, you know, you know, especially early on, um, with the format being very aggressive, the the four life just um, 
helped so much races that you know it was surprise you know gaining four, even just four life was surprisingly valuable yeah and, right uh, yeah yeah and it just does it hits really hard so it does you know if they don't block the first time you know that's an eight point life swing which is which is quite a lot to come back from and it's also has like we talked about custom munitions earlier um, I had, I think it was double thorn crawler in the in the cust, double custom munition stack. And this is like also really good to have a a, a five attack lifesteal flyer <laughs> with with custom munitions. So that's also sweet synergy. Or I I'm I'm also still quite high on the oh god, what's it called? The the weapon that gives unblockable and blunders. Oh, shadow war cloak. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, Thorncrawler with Shadow War Cloak is also really, really powerful. Like, it's still easy to remove with the X one, um, with with any ping effects, um, or with weapons. But yeah, it still deals four damage and gains for life if you remove it with a weapon. So yeah, I, I just really like uh, like the Thorncrawler. Yeah, that's cool. So. Uh... My card of the week this week is a card that I've been seeing more and more. It was uh, recently buffed, and that is Rooted Observer. And that is the one primal 1-1 one, one, um, with the ultimate. When you play a unit with stealth, Rooted Observer gets plus 3, plus 2. And uh, so this is a card that, like I said, I keep seeing more and more. It's kind of a frustrating card for me because... It's one of those cards where my opponents always seem to play it on one and then play stealth unit on three. And and in that scenario, it's like a very strong card. But I have a lot <laughs> a lot more trouble getting getting that sequence to happen. And so it still hasn't been like a super impressive card for me, but I'm just like trying to like understand like why it seems like everyone's suddenly drafting all of these rooted observers. Because um, like I also think like the buff wasn't s super impactful. I guess the like, again like sort of like with Thorncrawler having four attack is pretty good because the units in general in this format are kind of small. Um, but. It's just kind of interesting to me that it seems like there's been a, a huge jump in the number of rooted observers that I see. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also, I also played, I, I was really, everyone who watches me knows that too. <laughs> I was really low on Primal and I normally don't, don't draft Primal a lot. Um, but this changed like kind of in the opening <laughs> or right before. We, we can talk about it uh, later again because I, I, I did run a few rooted observer uh, in in the opening, I think um, with with the buffs, Primal got stronger in general, and and that's what makes Rooted Observer more popular. Like I think, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that that Eli is is getting really really strong right now, and Rooted Observer fits so good into into Eli decks, and 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 it happens more and more to me that if I play a Rooted Observer on one, that my opponent removes it with like. Uh, a detonation can or something and I'm okay fine I'll trade my one job with with one of your good removals totally fine with it and if they don't I play a stealth unit at some point and then you have a one cost for three which later may trade 
or has to be blocked by a 4-4 or 3-3x. Three, three X. Uh, X3, no, 3x. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting. It's also interesting to me to, like, figure out what the proper ratio of these cards, like, like, do you have like an intuition about like how many stealth units you want before you put a rooted observer in or is it like a card where you're like well i'm just fine playing this as a one one for one and then if i get one of my four or five stealth units to eventually trigger it that's totally fine and like now that the format's maybe not as aggressive like i know i'll have the the time to let it sit there and i'm not like as much as I used to be, like, scrambling to find blockers for Urza squadrons and uh, and things like that. Uh, I remember we had a small small um, talk about it uh, on our team. Um, how many stealth units you, you want to play before you play the Rooted Observer? Um, in my opinion, it's, it's the same with uh, the troops, the Amplified troops. Uh, yeah, shock yeah, same with the shock troops. Um, I think to make the card like really good and consistent, you want to have you want to have at least five or six uh, triggers. Like you want to have five or three three drop stealth units to to make the card uh, really good and consistent. Um, but I'm a friend of uh, playing synergy cards also with with a lower amount of synergy cards because my opponent doesn't know. So if I play a rooted observer on one and two, that, that's what I talked earlier. My opponent will will really try hard to remove it before it grows, and and mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter if I have, I, if I have to turn three stealth unit because my opponent has to play, um, like I have it because he doesn't know, uh, and so I'm I'm kind of okay uh, with playing it in a deck with three or four stealth units, like I, I guess I won't go that far and say I'll, I'll play it with one stealth unit. But um, I think it doesn't need a really high amount of stealth units because it's it's still a threat that you have to answer um, with stuff. You can't answer it after it did get the buff, like with the shock troops. If I play shock troops, people always try to remove it before I have uh, the possibility to play an amplify card, and and so I think it's it's still a good a good card even if you don't have a really big amount of um, stealth cards. Right. Yeah. So, th- so then the other question I had is like trying to change like where I'm picking this up. Cause the other thing is, um, you know, I, I dropped a fair bit of primal, but then, you know, I see these deck lists with like three copies of rooted observer. And I feel like even when I'm in primal, I'm not getting, <laughs> I'm never getting three copies of rooted observer. And, you know, so I've been seeing, like, all of these, like, three copies of Rooted Observer and, like, six stealth units. And you're like, oh, well, you know, that, that could be powerful. But, is, are, like, wh- where are you picking up, like, a Rooted Observer? Like, how high how, has Rooted Observer changed in your, like, pick order of, like, where you're picking it up now? I think I've never played more than two observers in the deck. <laughs> mm-hmm. So obviously I'm not picking it too high. But I think like like it's only pack pack one and four. Um I don't know if it's a card I pick I pick early in pack one. 
Like if if you get like two two rooted up servers in pack one, like it's awesome because you can you can uh, prioritize all the stealth units higher in, in the later pack. But I think most of my rooted up servers I I crept quite quite late because I first wanna wanna set up my deck and then fill it with rooted up servers. I don't think I would go with a really early rooted observer if there is any other good card. So yeah, like if 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 there is no really exciting card, I I, I pick the rooted observer over other mediocre cards. But I don't think I'll I'd pick it really early if there are like I still would pick a, a Astri over the observer if I don't have like already a a stealth deck. Right. Would you take? What do you think between like Wild Asri, the two-one flyer versus Rooted Observer? Uh, I'd I'd pick the flyer normally. Like early uh, early pick, I'd pick the Asri, the uh, both Asri's over Observer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting uh, for me, like figuring out <laughs> what now that Primal seems to be doing much better, like how to reevaluate the picks and what I should be picking things over and stuff. So um cool. So that was that was my card of the week. Next is our seven win run breakdown. And so this is our long-standing data collection project here at Farming Eternal, uh, where our listeners send in uh or even non-listeners can send in their seven win drafts to farmingeternal at gmail.com or post them in the seven win channel of the Farming Eternal Discord. Uh, either an exported deck list or any kind of Eternal Warcry link. Uh, we take all this information and then we compile it into a spreadsheet. Um, Alabazoo sometimes makes these fancy graphs, which we're going to talk about, and we try to draw some conclusions from it about this format and share them to our listeners. And then also we like to shout out everyone who submitted a list uh, this past week or two weeks in this case. Uh, so. First off, uh, thank you to our new contributors, Alex Fierro, Fabian P, and SniperBob613, as well as our veteran contributors, A-Boss, Agent Dynamo, Almost, Apricot Knight, Ash Acer, Beer Broken, Cat Planet, Sizzle Steam, Collector, Cotillion, Darth Herman 2, D-Dubs, D-Vincent, Frafa, Gunner116, Hats on Lamps, Jed the Homrid, John EOTM, Madness, Meavers, Noth, Oboshan, Old Rich, Out on a Limb, Potamaru, SSJ1997, Tempest Dragon King, Vader, and Winter Mute. Uh, yeah, so the the thing I wanted to talk about this week is um, Alabazoo is, uh, and I'll post this uh, chart in the Discord, has uh, sort of made a, a, a rolling 100 deck average of uh, how well the factions are doing. So one of the things that it's hard to see when you just look at the raw numbers is how the format is changing. And so, you know, if you look at our seven win spreadsheet, what it really says is um, it's sort of everything is more or less in the same order, where justice is our most represented faction, then it's followed by fire and shadow. Uh, and then uh, time, sort of fire, shadow, and time are all really close to each other in a second tier, uh, pretty significant. So justice is in about 54% of our decks. Uh, time, shadow, fire are each about 40, and then primal is about 30% of the decks. And then as a reminder, uh, in a, a two-color format, 
if everything is balanced, you would expect everything to be at 40 percent. Um, that would mean all the colors were balanced in a two faction format. Um, but what that doesn't really get at is if there's been changes, uh, especially since we did have uh, draft pack changes um, a, a couple weeks ago, how that has influenced things. And uh, if, if you look at this um, rolling chart, what's really interesting is the two things you'll notice quite readily is that time has skyrocketed to being about where justice is in about 50% of our decks. Um, and then fire has steadily declined since the draft pack changes to being about 35% of the decks. And, um, and so it's, we've kind of moved to two tiers where <laughs> time and justice are our number one and two factions about equal. And then, um, shadow is number three, but it's actually kind of clumped up with, uh, shadow fire and primal as uh, sort of a, a, a second tier of decks. Is that, how, how does that um, uh, sort of equate with with your, um, in, with how you've been feeling about the format? Um, I, I think it's, I think it's exactly how I felt about the format before the opening. Like, I, I still think there's a little bit of a delay, <laughs> but, uh, Prepping for the opening and, and talking about decks, I was like a hundred percent. Comprey is the best faction, or the, is the best combination, and I was um, yeah. I kind of tried to force Comprey a lot, and it worked worked out quite well a lot of the times. I think there are a lot of Comprey uh, decks in the, in the seven win list from from my side, uh, from my end. Um, yeah, and, and I was like, yeah. Uh, if if it's if it's like only a little bit open, I will go with Combray. Um, I think this uh, includes uh, mostly the the time before the um, the changes um, and and right after. Um, but I feel like uh, Bridal is getting getting a boost too. So so I, I know it's only a short period where where Primal did I say yeah I said, said Primal or yeah uh, um. Where, where Primal uh, got a boost, and I and I think um, if if we look at this, or if you look at this in, in one month, I, I I assume that Primal will be a little bit higher than Fire and and Shadow. Like mm -hmm. yeah, I, I feel I feel like uh, I felt like Compre is is the place to be, and and Compre is the like by by quite a big margin the the best the best deck you could build. But I feel like Eli is is getting close, so I I expect uh, Primal getting a little boost. And yeah, for me, time is is the best faction. I agree with that, and um, you know, like that kind of shows up in our spreadsheet. Like uh, Cambrai is our number one um, represented deck by a fair margin, so over uh, twenty one percent of our decks in the spreadsheet include the Combray colors. Um, would, and then uh, the, the next two, and we talked about this in our last episode, and this hasn't totally changed yet, um, though maybe it will. Uh, our next, uh, sort of this, the next tier of decks at uh, 13 to 15% are uh, Stonescar, Rakano, and Argent Port. 
So what do you think about that being a next tier? Do you think that that's going to hold or do you think like these time like Elysian or other primal decks or time decks might start to overtake them? Yeah, yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like um, Eli is is going to be second place uh, soon. <laughs> like I, I feel I just feel like it's 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 so so good right now. Like of course it has to be kind of open, or you have to find find the cards to 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 do it. But that's that's with all the factions. Uh, like it's it's only my uh, like like how I experienced uh, it or felt with it. I, I can't remember when I drafted uh, a fire like a Rakano or a Stone Scar deck the last time because they 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 felt really mediocre um, for me. Like yeah, like like I said, I, I end up in time really really often, and I I sometimes I, I don't like Xenon a lot, but Xenon had some some fine decks. Yeah, for me it's it's Combray and Eli, like yeah, by quite a bit more big margin. And and then right. the other yeah like I, I don't think I have ever played a really really good Brexus deck, <laughs> um, so Brexus doesn't feel great to me and and Xenon can be okay but it's not awesome. So yeah yeah I, yeah I don't know how it how it will how it will evolve but I I feel like Rakano and Stonescar aren't the place to be right now, like if mm-hmm. they're not super open. I will never try to force Rakano or Stonescar right now. Right, compared to maybe before in the format, because I I do know, at least based on, uh, you know, some of the deck lists you submitted, you you did for a while have a tendency to draft these yeah, very right. low power, um, very aggressive fire decks. Yeah, I, I had a lot of I called it skull scars. <laughs> I, I had some some lists with multiple skull breakers and furies and cannons uh, at at the start of the format. Format and I, I yeah I tried to force uh, stone scar a little bit uh, in in the earlier format, but I yeah I don't do, do that I don't do that anymore. I don't feel like it's still yeah I I don't know why and how this happened, but I I feel like. Um, the format adjusted to to acro decks a little bit, and uh, yeah, I, I just don't have good uh, good results with acro decks anymore, or not not as good as in the beginning. And I feel like the the mid range or ramp decks, like especially with with time, <laughs> um, can can really deal with the acro decks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is really interesting, you know, because like one of the things I've talked about on this format with with Elysian is like I've drafted even before the changes, I I drafted Elysian a lot. But one of my problems with Elysian has been I, I, I always felt it was like a weirdly fragile deck because it's sometimes hard to get a lot of removal in time or primal like good removal and then so i was just like had to rely on my units being better (laughs) than my opponent's units and then sometimes that didn't happen and then my deck would just fall apart um yeah 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 the interaction with 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 eli is so bad that's why i didn't like it in the first place and i was always like no i don't want to play eli or i was like if I play against Eli, what should happen? I, I'm never afraid of, or I was never afraid of Eli, like 
okay, I don't know what they could play to to like blow me out if I if I play an acro deck, but I yeah, it, it just appears that like the the, the three drop um, time units uh, stealth uh, three drop stealth units in time um, did a really really good job for me. Like the I I, I like the concealed veteran. It's just a three three, but it but it uh, gets gets a lot of value very often because. People try to attack uh, with a cannon into stealth unit, or or attack, uh, especially with acro decks. They attack with two threes, with two twos, with two ones into stealth units because they can't hold it back because it's maybe a, a three three. Like especially in Eli, it could be a hyena, it could be a whatever. Um, so I really like the concealed veteran in in mid range Eli decks because it's just yeah, uh, it's. Just a three-three, but it has some value because of the stealth, and also the one-four that draws a power and can can stall a little bit. Like a one-four is a quite good blocker against Acrodex. Right. And 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 you also and you always have to respect a little bit uh, the Bodenist. <laughs> like if you're Acro and you you just attack and 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 leave no blocker behind, I can make a three-three each round, which is also kind of kind of hard to deal with if you're not super ahead. So, so I think yeah. that's yeah that, that combined with hyena, like hyena is the most awkward block you can make, <laughs> uh, or yeah to to block the most awkward thing to block uh, when it's still stealth, and, and and so the the combination of like a botanist and a hyena and the veteran is, is something I, I really like in in Eli, and if you in addition have like a rooted observer, like turn one observer into a turn three stealth unit. It's, it's, it's quite good against any acro deck. Like you, you, you really have to answer this. And, and having a four-three and a stealth unit, which can be anything that that deals, uh, that that yeah, that brings you into trouble, <laughs> uh, some kind um, can really help against uh, against those acro decks. And yes. and of course, uh, the MVP for me in 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 Eli against acro is, is shackles. I've blown yep. out blown out a lot of acro decks with shackles. Like if you play it, turn like turn one, or the, you have two two units at at uh, out at turn three, and then you have a turn four amplify shackles. Th- this can be just huge. Like you can either get two free blocks or um yeah like shackles face uh, if he plays a relic weapon, or yeah yeah it's just it's just uh, really really. Really good against yeah. Acro. Yeah, I th- I think that's that's part of what has happened is, you know, Time and Primal are both the colors that sort of gained the most, I think, from the changes that happened. And then people have finally started to figure out how to <laughs> sort of play them correctly. It's It's kind of surprising how late, like, concealed veterans go <laughs> sometimes, like... Yeah, like, I'm always happy to pick one up, and and I also agree they're they're kind of late a lot of times. Yeah, like I feel like people <laughs> leave them in the packs like they're worse than filler. When yeah, like you said, like just yesterday, someone I attacked with a concealed veteran, and someone blocked with a two three, and I was like, that seems really dangerous to do <laughs> against a, a stealth time unit. I don't know. Um, and yeah, but, they... but but the, he kind of has to like 
if if it's a bonus and you bluff attack and he doesn't block, he's punished too. So so that's what I mean. It's so hard to to evaluate if you should attack into time stealth units or if you should block them. Like there's always the the danger of it being a, a bonanist. <laughs> so it's really hard to to decide to not block it. Like it depends on the board state, but but I can see blocking a time stealth unit with a two three because I'm afraid of a bonanist, and, and that's what makes concealed veterans so good. So then, uh, yeah. So I think that's that's it for uh, sort of this the breakdown of how the factions are doing. Uh, so as always, thank you to to John for submitting or for entering all the lists, and then for everyone else, yeah, please keep them keep uh, keep submitting. Uh, you know, and get your friends to submit them too. Uh, you know, Frafa started submitting uh, lists. Uh, after Cotillion bullied him into it, and now he's one of the one of the top five contributors to the to our to our little project here. So uh, thank you, thank you to you, Prafa, for for taking the time every week to do that. Yeah, no, no worries. Uh, I also like the data we uh, I, I get from the from the farming internal. So so I'll, yeah, I'm glad you can uh, to to uh, contribute. All right, so uh, I guess we'll go on to our main topic here. So uh, before we get into the draft open specifically, and we've kind of uh, talked about some of the stuff we're going to talk about already, uh, you know, just in how you view the format. But first, I guess I just wanted to know a little bit about you, Frafa. So when did you when did you start playing Eternal? How did you pick up the game? Um. So I, I looked it up on Steam when I got my first achievement. <laughs> um, I, I got the finished the campaign achievement in like October 2018. So it's almost three years um, since I started playing Eternal. Um, a good friend of mine played Eternal and he recommended it to me. He, he didn't play it like competitive. He just played it a little bit each day and then I... I started to play too, and then he stopped at some point, and I just continued playing. But I was <laughs> I was not like playing competitive or any specific uh, uh, formats. I was just like, okay, I like this game. I'll, I'll play a little bit, and um, yeah, this, this this went on for like almost two years, and and then I decided decided to um, to write a message to collector. <laughs> Um, and ask if if I can be a part of the team. Um, I was just like I, I didn't play in a lot of opens or like uh, ECQs at that time, um, and I think I played like two, two or three, maybe four, four of the tournaments, and I did horrible. And like I I I think I just brought bad decks. <laughs> Um, and I was like, uh, I really love the game, and I want to be a little bit better. So I, I decided to to look for a team, um, because it's just like you can exchange ideas, uh, decks, and and play together, talk together. Um, yeah, and I I watched Yodabyte a lot a lot on uh, on Twitch, and I didn't know a lot of other players. So I just decided to to ask if I can if I can if if there's a chance that I can join, <laughs> and I didn't really I really didn't think um, they would say yes. <laughs> I was just like like trying, and then then I was really surprised when they said I I get a, a like trial, 
Um, yeah, and, and, and it was awesome. Um, it, it was just so much uh, input and, and whatever. And, and I, I, really, I really was, was bad in, in playing Eternal and evaluating cards and, and building decks. And, and TBC helped me really a lot um, improving my, my play, my, my evaluation and, and anything. Um, yeah, and, and I remember the first um, ECQ uh, when I was on TBC, and I think uh, some some of my teammates, I only remember Stormblast, Stormblast was evolved, um, came up with the Rakano list with um, with the not nerfed, uh, what's this called, plus plus one, plus one lifesteal. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, Rakado search deck. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. And 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 this was my first uh, my first day too. Uh, and it felt so good. And I think um, like uh, yeah, I, I, it was uh, April last year I think when I joined TBC. And at that time the the, I guess the ECQ was. And yeah, it was my first day too, and and it felt awesome and. And I was so yeah so happy to be on a team and and they helped me so much and like yeah I wouldn't have made a day two I think in in ten more tournaments without without their help and their decks of course <laughs> in in this specific case like this deck was just insane and I don't think I would have come up with it myself <laughs> um, yeah and so I I think after um, joining TBC uh, in last season I I day twoed each single. Uh, ECQ after I joined, <laughs> and yeah, and I I was only playing constructed, um, yeah, and and then I started to draft in I guess when I started stream, streaming because I I don't like streaming constructed a lot I kind of think it's boring to to stream like not to watch but I I think it's a little bit boring to stream and I'm not good at building yeah. decks so I can't build decks on stream or something like that. So I decided, and I had like 250k gold, <laughs> which is now gone. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> uh, so so I decided to to stream a little bit and and stream draft, and that's when I started drafting. So I'm only, I think it was February when I started to draft regularly. And yeah, and I think draft is the format I I like the most now. Uh, so it's it's really my 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 favorite favorite game mode. Um. Yeah. Okay. I, I I talked a lot now. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that was that's really interesting because uh, you know I I guess I I didn't know a lot about your history history. So you know I I heard about you through through streaming and sort of so I didn't realize that you had joined uh, the barbarian camp with uh, with collector so long ago. Um, I so that, so that's that's really. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still, I still don't know. I, I asked them later how, why, why did it take me? And they, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just like I, I was, I was no one back then. And then they, and I, I didn't like, I didn't tell anyone that I'm on TBC because I, yeah, I was just happy that I'm there. And then, yeah, yeah. I think most people know me from from streaming and not from playing. Like I day two, they toot some tournaments uh, after um, April last year, but I, I wasn't in the like top, 
top eight ever until this until this season. Right. So yeah, I I don't think anyone uh, yeah knew me before before me streaming. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's it's cool then the, how you picked up draft. Um, it's also kind of funny knowing the the sort of the true timeline now because I think a lot of the um, TBCers are are while they do well in constructed tournaments because that's kind of what a lot of Eternals organized play is focused on. There are a, a lot of very strong drafters on the team. Uh, so it's kind of interesting that you you also picked up draft after joining the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, yeah, in in the in the draft tournament last year, I think Eric and Stormblast uh, got two worlds through draft. So yeah, but yeah, yes, I, I learned a lot from 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 Gallop and Collector in drafting. Yeah, I yes. think we have. Yeah, I think TBC has a lot of awesome, awesome drafters and players. <laughs> yeah, it's also interesting because I, 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 you know, again, I don't, I, I always view collect, <laughs> uh, um, collector and Gallop is like, like having different strengths in draft again i i don't know either of them very well so i'm extrapolating a lot based on very little information but um i feel like collector tends to like aggressive decks while gallop likes um more synergy and uh and value decks and so i guess i i associated your uh especially pre early this format draft style with Collector, <laughs> how Collector likes to draft a lot. Um, yeah, the funny thing is I can't, I can't really say if there's a... I didn't really realize a certain certain play style in, in either of those uh, players' drafts. I only know that, that um, like in, in our Discord, uh, I really... Like, if, if I want to wanna, uh, ask about an opinion of a pick, it's always Scallop uh, who who like who I listen to. <laughs> he, yeah. he, he like he, he answers uh, a lot, and I, he's my time zone. <laughs> and I think Gallop is the like the most most active or was the most active uh, player in the in the draft draft section, and and so I think I, I got a lot of opinions out of uh, out of Gallop, or yeah, ba based on Gallop's opinions. Um, but I, yeah, I also watched a lot uh, of of collectors' uh, drafts or talked a little bit about draft with them. Yeah, well, it makes sense that you like Elysian a lot then. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't like Eli before this opening, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So now that you've been streaming, so streaming has been going well. Oh uh, yeah. It's it's just uh, like uh, I I really enjoy the the time um, when I, when I stream and hanging out with with Chad and yeah yeah streaming really really is like a new new hobby for me and I really enjoy it to to get my my mind off work or or any other stuff and yeah like like yeah. playing draft is, is fun of on its own and i think draft is like a, a really good format to interact with with audience 
Yeah, and I think uh, just in general, the eternal drafting chat community <laughs> is is very, very active and very great. One of the best parts <laughs> of the eternal community. Yeah, yeah, the eternal community is is so nice. Like not only on 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 stream or in draft, I I, I really love uh, hanging out with. Yes. With with all the eternal communities, yeah. Cool. Um, so, um, so do you play a, a lot of constructed outside of like prepping for the opens or now, or or do you limit most of your game time to sort of when you stream and stuff like that? Um, yeah, yeah. I think um, since I started streaming, or since I started stream uh, more often, I I do like ninety percent is, is stream time, and then I do like some some dailies or some sometimes there's an interesting deck uh, from our team or or lately from uh, Cotillion <laughs> that that I try and play a little bit. Um, I I guess I get my daily win and maybe one silver chest a day. I, I don't really play more constructed. If there's not a deck, I think that's super fun in it that I want to try. Um, yeah. So so right now it's it's uh, like mostly mostly draft. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. How does Cotillion have this inside line with you? Um. Sorry, I don't know what inside line is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this. Uh. Uh. uh this this deckless connection oh, oh okay <laughs> um yeah we, we just uh like he, he he was my first uh subscriber <laughs> on uh on twitch and and we we started to to talk a little bit over uh over the chat and then at some point he he asked me for my for my discord because he wanted to tell me or to ask me if I uh, could um, submit my decks to the farming eternal <laughs> that that was actually the the point where our, where we where we started to to talk to each other like in in private and mm -hmm. yeah and then he he just uh yeah he 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 sometimes uh, asked me what what I like or at this time he shared a deck with me he liked and and asked for my opinion and I played it a little bit and it was fun and we did some small small changes and yeah yeah I, well, I like yeah. I really like hanging around with him yeah Cotillion's a, a great guy <laughs> I, I like Cotillion a lot too um all right, so well, I let's move on to the draft open. So, how did it go for you? Um, yeah, it, it's it it started um, as it as it ended. Um, I, I was super super unhappy with my first deck. <laughs> um, I, I was like, I went into the I went into the opening, um, wanted really trying to to be two factions, and trying to to play time <laughs> and my and my first deck was like skycrack splash justice or yeah i had four <laughs> justice cards and, and it was all over the place and I, like there were some pretty good cards in there that's why i decided to to win three factions i i had like i had amarok uh, i had a chatter i had a basher the cobalt acolyte a sanity scorcher a fury 
and 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 then I had awesome like spells and attachments. I had a mighty strikes, a concoction, a mortar, a topple, a, a stone scar mall, a tandem training, two cannons, a bloodstone. So so I had I had some good cards, but but I had no fixing. <laughs> and I was um playing like six fire, four justice, and six primal sources. And yeah, if I look at the stack now, I, I think like, wow, this cards, uh, those cards are really good, but I, I didn't get to play them. <laughs> like, it, it's so hard to have a, a three-faction deck without fixing in this format. Like in the previous format, I was like, oh, why shouldn't I run three factions with all the blunder? Or like the pre previous, previous format. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's just so hard to 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 make this work. And I think the first game I played, I I was like stuck on uh, influence uh, issues and just lost without playing any cards. Like, of course, if this deck goes off, if I find my influence, it's it's really insane. I had one game against. Uh, I realized later that he he streamed the game um, against just call me L, and and I had like. I was missing fire and I had six fire cards in hand and nothing else. And I think I had still, I had five turns where, where I would have like had five different ways of lethal if I find a fire influence. Um, and I just couldn't find it. And then, and then I lost and this was so frustrating. Uh, and yeah, that, that's when I decided I, I will never run a three faction deck again. <laughs> I will always force two factions in the opening. So, so it, it still was fine. I had like, I called it one buy. I played against one opponent who, who I think he was stuck on two and did nothing, and so I won. Um, and I went three two with this deck. The, the it was the first deck, so I had the two buys. I'm I'm quite lucky that it was with this deck. <laughs> yeah. So so you ended up with a five two record. Yeah. Right. Uh, this oh, deck. That's... Yeah. Like three three two sounds really bad, but five two is fine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the. This has happened twice in the draft opens for me, where I've drafted my best deck first, and then <laughs> really felt like I wasted <laughs> wasted my best deck. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's awful. I, I'm quite lucky that I uh, use my 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 worst deck to to have the first run. <laughs> yeah, because in the first open I went five zero with my first deck, and then this one. Um, I went 4-1 with my one loss being getting stuck on two power, but like the deck felt so good. Like all my wins felt really strong. Yeah, yeah, that that, that sucks a lot <laughs> if you have to to give away your deck after after five games if it's awesome. Uh, but yeah, so then how did it go from there? Yeah, the the the, the second deck is my I think it's my my all time favorite deck I had in draft. Like it's not super exciting, but it was just so consistent. It went it went 7-0. And and this was I think it, it was the birth of my um Eli fandom. <laughs> um I, I think it, it like it was my first Eli deck I played in this format. Not not a hundred percent sure, but I, maybe I, I tried it at some point with some uh, like meme <laughs> because of any card we like a uh, Eli card I wanted to make but this was my first like really serious um, Eli deck and it was just insanely good I, I had a rooted observer 
Then, then uh, two open way suppliers, a uh, Borderlands waykeeper, and and it was just like I also played a Scaly Cruin, which which is quite which was quite good for me. Then I had both acolytes, the Amber acolyte, the Cobalt acolyte, um, and four different stealth units, the Concealed Veteran we talked about. I also did run a hired cutthroat because I want to stay two factions, and and this was kind of a filler, which was also kind of fine for me. Then I had the Nurturing Sentinel and a uh, Shockwave Elemental as my three drops. Um, then uh, my my like um, the card I also think is like I I know Gallop lost this card, and that's why I uh, I'm really high up high on this card is uh, Chevel's Frostkin. I think uh, Gallop's Raid is from the from the previous previous format, but I'm still I still really like Frostkin, so I have like two Frostkins in the stack. Um, and they they did a really good job in either stalling my opponent or in uh, getting through a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and in addition to the double frost skin, I had double unstable form. And Unsta- unstable form is also a card I, I I really love to play. And I and I had like a, a fra- turn four frost skin to to stun something into a turn five unstable form, uh, which was also quite good. Uh, and you can make a five drop, and if you don't like the five drop, you just make it a six drop. <laughs> so, so, so the echo on unstable form gives you that gives you like two rolls together, a really good unit, which worked pretty well for me. And I also yeah, have a... well, my opponents always get Ashara. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, and I and I had a twin brute sauropod, also one of the new cards, and and also the twin brute sauropod is also so good with unstable form. Like you you get two five drops, and you can you can roll them into six or seven drops, and a populous controller as another top end. Uh, then I also yeah like I, my spells were also double unstable form, double shackles, uh, and I also had a bottled insight, which I wasn't sure if I want to run it, but with all the echo cards. Uh, bottled inside was quite good because it just gives you another draw value. If you like draw unstable form of bottled inside, you can discard one of one of them and you just draw one more card. So bottled right. inside was also uh, quite nice in the stack, and I had a justice sketch for splash, which also won me a game. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I really love this deck. Uh, yeah, and and this is when yeah like my my, my love for for Eli started. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's funny because uh, my second deck was was also Elysian, and uh, so after going, you know, having a six-one record to start the open uh, with my second deck, I also drafted Elysian, and it was a pretty, I think, a pretty good deck. I actually posted the draft in one of our channels for people to sort of draft along, and it was kind of interesting to see where other people ended up. Uh, with the draft because I was the only person that ended up in Elysian with the draft. But I think I had the strongest deck at the end of the draft. So I think it was a pretty difficult draft. And I kind of like forced Elysian a little bit and then got paid off with it being open. Not And sort of ended up getting lucky uh, during the draft and then very unlucky when playing the games. Um, but I, I, you know, I had the the Echo uh, Rare dra- Primal Dragons, um, <laughs> which were great, but then I just was never able to... I just like kept having influence trouble in my two-color deck, 
I had a decent amount of removal. I had a couple teleconnect shackles. I had uh, the the three cost sprite that stuns a card, and then I just kept losing and losing and losing. And I ended up going two five. Oh, wow. Played maybe the most frustrating game of my entire life, where I had this opponent that all seemed to be doing nothing. They played the um, the gain three health for each attacking unit. Oh no, tactical expertise. <laughs> yeah, they played two of those and gained about 20-something health in total. So they were at like 40-something health. And I was just like drawing very poorly. They played the um, the four-cost 1-5 Mandrake that buffs your team if uh, you play a spell on your... if you play a, fa- a spell on your opponent's turn. And then... They just managed to, like, do that once and then, like, turn all of their... They had a bunch of sticky fly traps and stuff. Turn all of their units into, like, four threes, which were, like, just big enough to get over my units. But then they weren't ever attacking me. So we were just sitting there. Behold the truth. (laughs) Yeah. But then I had to behold the truth in hand. So I got to seven, but they were at 40 life. So I, I didn't have enough to win so then i got to 12 power and i just sat there for five turns at 12 power with my opponent not really attacking me oh wow just being like i just need to draw one more power i just need one more power and we have this game and i just didn't and then they finally decided to start attacking me and i had to keep making these like poor trump blocks and stuff and i was like i still got this as long as i draw one more power and then i died uh, uh yeah still that, that stuck sounds full power and wow. yeah that sounds frustrating it was very frustrating and so that was my final loss so that that brought me to two and five and uh felt like it ended <laughs> ended my run but oh, I, man, I did yeah. bounce back, and in my next run, I drafted another Elysian deck, uh, Splashing Justice, and uh, uh, ended up going 6-1 uh, with that deck. Okay. Yeah. So at least <laughs> Eli didn't fail you completely. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, yeah, a big believer, so... Also, I, I dropped a lot of Elysian, so it, it ended up being okay. Uh, and then and then I must have gone 3-4 uh, with my final deck, which was a Stone Scar deck. Uh, and so that put me at uh, 17 and 11, unfortunately. And the Stone Scar deck was, like, very sh- strong, I thought. Um, it's just I ended up... My opponents had some unfortunately, for me, timed uh, like ping effects. Like I got totally blown out <laughs> by an ice bow, where it was just like the perfect answer to my board. Oh uh, no! Okay. And, and so there were a couple unfortunate situations like that where I just couldn't, I couldn't, uh, you know, scrape together a couple wins where I was ahead, but. That's what happened. So how was your third and fourth draft after this um, 7-0 Elysian deck? Yeah, yeah, like, uh, I was starting to getting nervous because I was, like, 12-2 now. And then I was like, okay, please, please, another good deck. <laughs> <laughs> and and then I um, I found a Horu deck. 
which which I also liked a lot. It has uh, my my good cards were Iron Iron. I had an Iron Priestess. I had an Oryx Sentry. Oryx Sentry did so much work in this tra- uh, in this list. Uh, together with a Cobalt Acolyte, I had a, a flying Oryx Sentry in one game, and it just won me the game on its own. <laughs> uh, then then the Peacekeeper. Uh, I'm really high on Peacekeepers, like it's the small brother of the um, uh, the Primal, the primal yeah, guy. Yeah, the, the Frostkin. Yeah, the Frostkin. Uh, I had a Skysweeper, which also uh, won me some games. Double double Fried S3, Offbook Officer, and as top end, I had a Fourth Tree Elder. I know this card is so good, but I didn't get to play it once. I, I've never seen that card in, in, in seven games. <laughs> but yeah, I, I won't complain. Then um, I had a Gravity Clove, and I, I again played Bottled Inside. That's why I added Privilege of Rank, which which kind of fits pretty well together also with the Iron Priestess. Uh, I played a Flicker. Yeah, it was a, a yeah pretty straightforward uh, horror deck with a Concoction. Two topples, a dive bomb, a wisdom. Yeah, so this this was just a really really solid deck, and it went went five two, so kind of as expected. I had a I had a few fillers, or like yeah, I I had to run a loyal watchwing, which uh, was surprisingly okay, <laughs> uh, or a Yidi Snowslinger, which I think is is fine in the format because the snowball can be really good. And yes. I had like uh, Acolyte to to give it evasion, or I had a rebuke or a flash freeze or a concoction to to get through with it. Um, at some point, yeah. So so this deck was 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 fine, and I went uh, I went five two with it. Um, and the fourth deck, uh, yeah, was Eli again. <laughs> um. So, so the fourth deck was a triple populist controller deck mm-hmm. uh, with uh, I many. If I look at this list, I, I wasn't super um, confident in this deck first because it had a really, really high curve. I had three controllers, a Terrason, two guards, and a displacer. So I had like seven five plus uh, five plus cost units. Um, but yeah, if. if in every game I got to five power, the game was over. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. I had two open way suppliers to ramp. I had three nurturing sentinels. Uh, which, which, uh, yeah. I, I run 17 power in this deck, which is a lot for me. I run 17 um, power together with uh, three nurturing sentinels and two, two suppliers. This is like the most power I've ever run in any deck. Um, yeah, yeah, that's one of the interesting things. That's a, another thing Alabazoo pointed out is that you are most st- stingy uh, a power, st- stingy on the power of of most of our submitters. So your average seven win deck is seventeen power, and that includes uh, counting um, things like uh, favors or. And, and, and sort of power equivalent cards uh, like seeks and stuff like that, and so even when you count those, you are averaging uh, you know seventeen power uh, a deck, and I, I think that is a, you know that does skew things a little bit because especially early on you drafted a lot of 
uh, aggressive decks. But so even with these more top heavy decks, you, you you do run less power. Is that a thing your teammates tell you to put more power in your deck? <laughs> um, no, not really. <laughs> um, I, I like I, I put so much power um, in because we I had so much. I also had a had a behold the truth here, and and so I yeah. really wanted to have a lot of power. Normally, I, I think in in every single deck I play, I'm I'm always on the lower end. Like if if I I think if if you would ask uh, like ten people how many power you would play in the specific deck, um, I draft. I think nine of them would play more power than me. <laughs> I, yes. I just feel like it's it's really frustrating. I, I hate it when I draw power when I don't need it, <laughs> and 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 so I'm always like, okay, I will play the lower the lower end, and um, try to not keep two power hands and uh, like two power openers. So so I'm right. always trying to to find a deck with with a lot of power in, in the opening hand and with few power in the deck, not not draw too much of it. <laughs> and yeah, like I feel I think flooding feels just really bad. I mean being stuck feels bad too, but yeah, I'm quite quite happy with with running a low amount of power and it and it works quite well for me. Yeah, so yeah, no, I, I think even in this deck, I'm running 17 power. If you ask anyone else with with the like seven five plus cost units, uh, most of the people would run eight, 18 or 19 power in the stack. Okay, I have two three nurturing, so so maybe that's in in this case that's enough. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, and you also yeah with behold the truth. Yeah, it's funny. It's just funny to me because collector has come on the show. He did it. He came on to talk about power bases uh, many, many episodes ago, and he is—he was very much a proponent of play more power than you should because, uh, you know, his opinion was like he's good enough at the game that if he could play his cards, he was going to win, and so he wanted to build power bases that allowed him to play his cards, um, which is a. A thing I I took to heart, but then then I see your decks and I see how well you're doing, and I'm like, huh, maybe there's you know there's something to that too. And it, it's funny because I think it's easier to play less power because it's like who doesn't want to play more cards, you know, yeah. you know more yeah. more of the cards they drafted. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's. I don't think there's there's a right or wrong, and I like like. We're talking about running one uh, one power more or less, and I think like I think it's just about a lot about how how you feel about it. Like like one single power won't won't change your complete your complete statistics of how many powers you draw. Mm-hmm. Like if if you play eighteen instead of seventeen power, if you, if you draw the power, you have one more power, and the left of the deck is the same. Uh, the the rest of the deck is the same, so I I don't think it's a really huge difference, but I don't have the numbers. Uh, I just feel comfortable playing a little bit less power. Yeah, but I, yeah, I I don't think the numbers are are really really um a huge difference. No, I I I agree, and um, yeah, I agree, and I I also agree that some of these like. 
<laughs> some of these arguments don't really have a right answer and like what is correct is often sort of overblown. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, I was I was watching uh, I think Eric's stream once uh, when he was talking about power base and he he played a, a an acro deck and he added like I think seventeen or eighteen power and it was what like what and and he was like yeah he he, he he's the opposite of me he he said he hates to be power screwed and so he wants to play more power um, because it feels so bad if you're power screwed and and you rather wanna wanna do something something else. Um, so you can feel good about having enough power. So like sometimes I get power screwed too, of course, like everyone does. And then I have to ask myself, is it my fault? And and I think if you play more power, you can always say, okay, it's not my fault that I'm power screwed. And that, that may help at some point. And, and I just like the opposite way of it's not my fault that I'm flooded. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just about what, what you what, what feels more what feels worse for you. So and and for me to me it feels worse to get to get flooded especially because i started playing a lot of acro decks but yeah i i don't I, I can't really explain it but i just yeah i just like playing a little bit fewer power without any any numbers or or good arguments it's just how i feel <laughs> cool so all right so you made it to the top 64 then and uh so how now that you're in the top 64, um, did, I guess one question is, did you, did you change how you drafted for the top 64 with open deck lists? And did, did that affect your drafting process? Did it affect your playing process? Um, so uh, first of all, I can tell I drafted Eli again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it didn't change a single thing. It's my like I, I played so much Eli in the opening, and and I had that that I found that awesome deck. Like it all came together. I was just super lucky. Like if if I tell you this deck, this this is just insane. I had double rooted observer. <laughs> uh, I had triple open way supplier. I had a clan scout, a thunder fist striker. I had both acolytes again. Um, uh, yeah, and, and, and we talked about uh, Rooted Observer and Stealth Units. I only had three Stealth, uh, three jobs, the Concealed Veteran and two Hyenas. But I had two Merciless Officer, kind of a flex spot. For me, it's a five job, but I think I played it twice as a three job to buff the Observers. I had a turn one Observer, turn two Observer, turn three Merciless Officer once. <laughs> yeah. Which was pretty, uh, which was over pretty fast. <laughs> um... Yeah, I had also the Ice Sprite, uh, then two Frost Skins again. Like this, this was draft opening was was Frost Skin uh, party for me, uh, and a Terrasun and a controller, which is like I, I, my my curve was super good. I'm I was super happy with all my units. This was a 22 unit deck, um, like we talked about uh, Eli earlier. Uh, all the Eli decks I had were quite unit heavy normally. Because uh, there's not a lot of interaction in Eli that is good, so I, I yeah, I, I think you need to play a little bit more units than in in a lot of other factions. Like if I'm in Justice, I play like ten spells most of the times with with all the finest hours, shackles, dive bombs, or whatever's. Um, yeah, and in Eli, there's not a lot of spells. 
but I also got lucky with spells in, in, in this draft. I had a telekinetic shackles, I had a behold the truth, two lightning strikes, overgrowth, and polymorph. And a find a way for fixing for my um, uh, slug splash. Right. Uh, and that was also like, like open deck list for me. Like, um, of course, it changed playing a lot because you know uh, what stealth units your opponent has. Like some, some like uh, especially the five drops. Uh, people normally don't play more than most of the people only play one one five drop stealth unit. Um, some play two, and so it's quite easy to to play around it or to yeah to know what it is. Um, and that's what why why slug was so good for me because I had a slug and I had a double merciless officer and and one of the cards you really want to get rid of you really want to remove the merciless officer especially with me having a behold the truth in the deck list or a cobalt acolyte. Um, but on the other hand, there's the subversion slug and you really don't want to target subversion slug with removal. <laughs> so, right. So so th this was quite awesome. I think uh, Subversion Slug in open decklist was way better than it would have been without open decklist. Because people don't play around rares normally. But if you have a rare in an open decklist, uh, a rare stealth in open decklist, it's just way more powerful. I played against one guy who had Keiko in his deck and it, it was so awkward playing against his 3-drop stealth units because you know there's a Keiko in his list and uh, yeah. And, and and so this this changes a lot of 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 plays and and yeah how how you approach stealth units from your opponent and I I don't think I played slug very often but uh, but my merciless officers never got hard removed <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that was that was was quite awesome with having a subversion slug in the list and I yeah I had to uh, find a way for for fixing and like. Uh, splashing for a five drop is, is, is no big risk. I also had a manual. Yeah, and th this list was quite awesome. I was really happy with it. Like three suppliers is is good on its own. And and the two, yeah, right. yeah. This this was just really good. Well, that's cool. And so then you you made it you made it through. You went three zero with this deck. Yeah, wow. yeah. The 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 last game I I was. I played collector in the um, last uh, in top sixteen, and I was like super nervous. I'm not not really nervous anymore playing in tournaments, but playing against uh, collector, like he's yeah, feels like a little bit of a, a mentor or like yeah, like collector is just a really really awesome nice guy, a great player and. Yeah, and and I was a little bit nervous, and then in the first game he he just ran over me, <laughs> uh, and yeah, but 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 yeah, somehow I got lucky and and made it uh, to the to the top eight. Yeah, yeah, uh, collector's funny. It, I I have the same feeling about collector, <laughs> where I always. For some reason, I, I usually don't play around anything. And then, again, when I'm playing against Collector, I start wrongly playing around everything <laughs> and then just, like, throw game after game because of it. <laughs> or I'm like, if I had just attacked instead of, like, tried to put Collector on something, I wouldn't have given him the three turns he needed to, like, find a way out of the situation. And 
yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, I try to not overthink. I think in, in, in those games I mostly got got quite lucky. He had a really awesome deck too. It it was just about uh about uh who had the better hand or the better choice in this in this matchup. Yeah, and then right. and then uh and then and then I went into uh into top eight and it was a complete mess. After I ended my, my draft for the top eight deck, I was like, okay, I can get to bed early. <laughs> this 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 won't make it uh past past top eight. Like um you know as I said, it it started as it ended. I had uh a fire justice primal deck with nine fire cards, eight justice cards, and eleven primal cards. So it was all over the place. Not as okay. I had a I had a besieged the throne for fixing and a cell sword, but uh, not any other fixing. And I was like, okay, this this can't work. There's there's no way I can win I can win with this deck, especially with my my first opponent having auto chat in his list, double houndmaster. Uh, and a sanity scorcher, and like he had like so many, so many bombs in his list, and and I was like, okay, that's it. And the, the first game, I was I was influenced crude, I guess I'm not a hundred percent sure, but yeah, I, uh, he he just ran over me again, or like not again, he just just ran over me. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, some somehow I th- I think in the second game he was a little bit screwed. And I could win it, and uh, the third game, uh, Worldpire Phoenix won me the game, if I remember it right. I had a Worldpire Phoenix uh, in there. So yeah, uh, short uh, short overview of the deck. I, I had two, two Ursas, Iron Priestess, uh, a Vanguard, Merciless Officer, Rampaging Commando, another Frostkin, uh, Overclocked Sentinel, Rebel, Shortshoot, Rebel Sharpshooter, Bloodstone Cannon, and and some good spells like a fury strikes fluctuate reality topple yeah so the the deck wasn't that bad if you don't don't look at the influence again <laughs> but i don't really had any 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 bomb right kind of and yeah so so i wasn't really really um yeah comfortable with the stack but yeah, again, somehow I, I really got lucky and and made it made it to the finals, where I got finally run over by Theo. <laughs> run over, yeah. Yeah, well, Theo's deck had a lot of good cards. Yeah, yeah. So. Nice rock. <laughs> so it makes sense, and your deck kind of yeah, you, you stopped drawing the influence <laughs> you needed. It felt like in the finals a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like like yeah, it's exactly what I would have expected from the stack in in the finals. I didn't expect it to to do that well in the games earlier. So I think that's yeah, the deck didn't deserve to to get past past top eight, but I'm I'm quite happy. I somehow made it. Oh, that's that's really awesome. I, so, I'm a little <laughs> bit sad I didn't record the the draft itself because I I, I really wonder. Like normally, I I'm super happy with any decision I make, and at the end of the draft, I say, okay, this is the best deck I I could have gotten here, and and I'm looking at this at this card pile, and I'm like, oh man, what what did I do? And I'm like, <laughs> was there 
no chance to get a two-faction deck or to get any better deck than this. But like when I drafted it, it was like, okay, this this are my only this is the only way it can go, but it, it felt just so bad. I, I really hate three faction decks and somehow I still ended up with it. Yeah. You know, because I feel like that happens the most when you're sort of you have your one faction and then you end up di- sort of going back and forth on your second faction and then you just realize you don't have the cards to, to make a two faction deck. Um uh yeah. So I guess uh, transitioning out of how your draft open went, um, a a couple questions I had was, um, one was asking your opinion on on bot packs. Like, did you feel like, like the previous open, I think it was pretty universally agreed that there were a lot of bot packs and people were getting these ridiculous decks. did you feel like this event had bot packs? Did you think um, that was a factor? I don't think so. I feel like there were no bot packs. I I, I remember the like the pack four light picks were quite awkward, <laughs> in the, in the first one. But I I I can't remember having any good cards, any good light pick card that doesn't make any sense. Like good, yeah, like good as relative. Like I had maybe had a late uh, I don't know Wild Asri or something like that or a late Vanguard, but there was no pick pick ten Ursa. <laughs> yeah. So I feel yeah, like yeah, I mean, what's weird to me though is even when you talk about bot packs, like a pick ten Ursa is like shouldn't happen, but feels still within like the realm of possible as compared to like a pick eight speaking circle. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's that's even worse. Yeah. Of course. But I, you yeah. know, and 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 that's and I I agree to I agree with you that it, at least in the drafts I saw, um, you know, they didn't feel particularly bot pack ish. I mean, like when you saw some of the deck lists, you're like, wow, the, you know, like when you, your opponent had you know double houndmaster and stuff, and you're like, wow, that's a really strong deck. But you know. Like that can just happen, you know. People do do sometimes just get lucky. Yeah, right. Um, if you have have the like pack pack one pick one hound master, pack four pick one hound master, auto chat can be pack two or three, and yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. Yeah, but it was interesting because it felt like there were there was still a contingent of people that felt like it was, uh, you know, there were bot packs and stuff and so that was kind of interesting to hear yeah, I, can't, that, I, I can't that, i can't tell if if like i may, maybe there were some bot packs but i don't feel like i got bot packs and and yeah. <laughs> uh any anyone else i i talk with or or know of i guess i just wanted to ask you know we've kind of touched on a lot of this stuff already but um just like what your preparation with uh, Team Barbarian Camp was, you know, especially for people going forward, if they, you know, want to prepare for the next draft open, like what, you know, what are some tips or how did your process look for people to maybe emulate or try? So I, I think the the um, best preparation for for a tournament, either constructed or draft, is practice. <laughs> and I know it's 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 hard in draft because it's expensive if you don't have a lot of gold or if you don't want to put in money into the game. 
So so practice is uh, like not that easy to achieve for for all of the players. Um, so so for me also, uh, what watching streams helped a lot, <laughs> or watching other people play, and that's what we did on uh, on TBC a lot. We weren't really like uh, metaing the the format like you have to pick this color or this color or this card or this card. Uh, in general, it was more like we were just drafting together in voice and sharing the screen and talking about picks or just watching each other draft. Um, and to me, that's the thing that helps me the most because I think the most important draft, uh, part of draft is picking cards. Like, I, I hope everyone can play like more, yeah, more or less well. <laughs> um, uh, and, and so I'm, I'm like, I have at least 20, 20 picks in draft where I'm like, damn it, I don't know if I should pick this card or if I should pick this card. Um, and I think it's really hard to evaluate uh, this in general, at least for me. And, and so talking about the picks really helps me like, okay, there's like, there's uh, a cannon or a fury. Um, do you pick the Ken or do you pick the Fury? And 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 for me, it helps discussing with with other players, um, to to see their opinions or to to see what to look at. So so, um, what synergies do you have? If if you have like two Skullbreakers, you want to pick the you maybe want to pick the Fury over the Cannon, for example, or to look what what direction your deck is going, what synergies you have. Or yeah, just what is the reason for this card? What is the reason for the other card? Also talking about open factions, where you want to be, what you want to play, and and so for me the the best practice is just drafting and talking with other people uh, about draft. So that's also I I also think um, streaming and my audience helped me a lot on uh, improving in draft because um, that's why I like streaming chat because there's so much interaction and there's so many people. Like uh, I'm in the pack and I snap pick anything and then someone is like, huh, why didn't you consider picking this card? And then you start just discussing about picks and cards and that's what, yeah, th that's what makes draft like difficult or this is what you really want to improve in draft to um, evaluate which card fits better at this specific moment. Like, of course you can rate cards and say this card is a 9, this is a 10, or whatever, a B or an A. Um, but it all, doesn't always work because you, you have some, some factions already you want to be deeper into. You may have some synergies. Um, so yeah, and sometimes you just, you just pick a privilege over uh, tandem training or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, and, and yeah. So, so I think the the best advice for someone who wants to, for someone who wants to get into draft is just um, practice or watch other people play and discuss discuss about draft uh, and cards and picks. Mm -hmm. So, do you th what do you think your strength is in, in draft? Do you think it's the drafting process, or do you think you have like a play skill advantage? Um, um, hard to say. So I, I think I'm I'm quite okay in in playing. Like I'm not super good. I, I'm 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 no collector. <laughs> so I I think I'm yeah. Like I think 
one of my strengths is like, uh, uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's it's hard to say. I think I'm 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 good in uh, picking synergies. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like. I think sometimes you just have to get lucky. Like in, in my, my, my Eli decks were not picking synergies, they were just picking good cards. <laughs> but but in general, so I think I'm I'm more of a a synergy drafter than uh just play good cards drafter. Right. And yeah, and I think I'm I'm pretty pretty okay in playing. <laughs> yeah. But let's and not like super super exciting. Just, is just, that a thing you feel like you've worked on, or is that just like you're naturally were a good player? Or I think that's really hard to hard to tell how how much of it is like you can you can learn it. Um, I realize it more when I draft because um, you you get feedback on on every play, and um, I feel like I improved a little bit uh, because like every time you have the the same like I. I think I try to not make the same mistake twice. And obviously, uh, any of us or most of us make mistakes. Um, and I think it's just important to to not make mistakes twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I think I improved, uh, of course, by, by playing it a lot. Um, I mean, like, specifically, if, if you have a... In, in draft, it's a little bit more difficult than in Constructed, because in Constructed you can just play the deck a hundred times and then you know like every every card and every line a hundred percent and you you know how to play it. And in Draft it's a little bit more difficult because you have to be more more flexible and you have like different synergies and different, different situations. Um, but I still think practice helps a lot. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a math teacher, so <laughs> I, I can also do do the math theoretically. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always interesting to me because uh, that's a a thing that I I've really struggled with uh, with the podcast is just like trying to figure out a way to improve your play because, like you said, with draft, it's a, a lot less than constructed, you know, with constructed sort of rote memorization can take you a, a long way. And in draft, it's not that. And, and so I feel like it's easy to like, it's easy and sort of more fun to get better at the drafting part because there's so many, like you said, points of discussions. There's so many, it's it. And it's very obvious. It's like, Oh, you know, is it this card or this card? So the the choices are obvious, but then it's like how, improving in play feels like such a black box that that it it's like a a, a problem that I I think about a lot. I I think um, playing constructed helps you to improve and draft too a little bit, like just just uh all all the mechanics mechanics uh for playing a lot but yeah 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 draft i think draft is um more relying on on decisions how you play a deck in a constructed deck you have a you have a obvious idea what you want to play and in draft you have to evaluate each single deck and each single opponent like in constructed you also know your opponents play either this or this or this deck like kind of beta decks normally and in draft it's just yeah there there's so many decisions Mm -hmm. But yeah, okay. I, I really don't know how to how to uh, 
tell tell what to do to improve or what what I'm good at or something like that. Yeah, no, no, I, no I'm not putting I'm not putting you on the spot. <laughs> Just was wondering. I think that was a great answer. Um, all right. So now, uh, I guess uh, just some some practical uh, advice slash questions I have here. Do you have like a top five common list? Um, I don't really have a list, <laughs> like a physical list. I can just wondering if that's that's a thing that that you had sort of you kept in your head, or if like you know you've just done enough drafts that you can sort of you have yeah I've done enough that draft to 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 say which card is a top five card if I see it, but I don't know if I like remembered it. Um, of course, it's if if I say Uncom, you have to correct me. Um, it's it's supplier and uh, controller. Mm -hmm. the, those two uh, and shackles, those three stand out to me. That's why I'm so so. Um, that's why I like time so much because those three cards are just so good. Yeah. And, so are uh, you on Openway Supplier over Ursa Squadron? Yes. Would depends you take on, a Oculus depends on over like if, if it's if it's first pick, I will pick uh, Supplier or Ursa. But like if it's second pick, it's already depending on on what you what you already have or what you want to do. Uh, I'm right. high on time, and I'm that's why I pick Supplier over Ursa. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, the, the next two two commons that come into my mind is Topol and Ursa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so would you take uh, Populous Controller over Ursa? Ah, uh, that's that's quite difficult. Just depends on the curve a little bit. Uh, if yeah. it's an early pick, if it's an early pick, I think I would pick Controller over Ursa too. Oh, so like a pack one, pick one, you pick Controller over Ursa. Yeah. Huh. That's really interesting to me. I think I'm still on Ursa personally, because I just feel like I I just feel like a turn to Ursa on the play is still one of the strongest plays you can make in the game. Yeah, but it can be an answered uh, like with quite a lot of things, and I think a, a controller is just way more impactful. And I won so many games with controllers, and and Ursa like. I, I played so many Ursas turn two on the play into a into a cannon, uh, into right. a bloodstone, <laughs> or both. Yeah, but like, you know, uh, but fire, what, fire isn't like that popular there's... anymore. But yeah, yeah. I guess that's my question. Is like, there's like a back and forth here. Is as time, or as you know, fire has the most ways to sort of answer an early Ursa, and like as you people are drafting less fire, does that then make Ursa back to being great again? Yeah, like, not great. It still was great all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, time time doesn't have a lot of answers to Ursa, besides then, like, uh, the, the three-drop stealth, uh, here the, the veteran can uh, can block it, or the uh, yeah, but you've still the, the, gotten the, value from that. And then, uh, you know, the Lotus, the killer, the four-cost killer answers it. But again, you know, you're, you, you've probably then gotten a couple attacks in, and so it's kind of a, a bit of a tempo hit to, you know, 
to spe- use your four drop to kill a two drop after they've gotten two war cries in. I don't know. Yeah, you're like yeah, yeah. Like Ursa is Ursa is really good, but I yeah. Like in 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 primal, I also we also have like lightning strike to answer it or something like that. Right. I just feel like I I never have an unanswered Ursa for more than two turns, and that's only on a play. I, there are so many three and four jobs to deal with it. Like, you just if you have like uh, stun or any three three uh, X or whatever. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how to, uh, I, like, yeah, we don't have to discuss that Ursa is 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 an awesome, an awesome two job, but I just feel like right now I I like that the, the time the time wants more the the supplier and the controller. Right. Okay. No, the, I I think that's that's very valuable information. Um, that you know, like that's how strongly you're sort of leaning towards time. And then, do you have? Would you take a Ursa over a Topple, or do you have Topple over Ursa? Oh, I think I have Topple over Ursa, because mm-hmm. I guess it's also because I'm so high high on time and Topple answers controllers. <laughs> yeah, uh, Topple has been has been so good. Like, um, I also can remember a lot of Justice lists uh, in, in a seven win deck list, and I had a list with five Topples once, and it was just like, I could just answer anything, or yeah. at least anything I, you want to answer. Um, and I remember topple. I had a seven-win deck list recently where <laughs> I uh, I had three topples in hand, but also the biggest unit on board. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, that, that happens sometimes. That happened to me too. That's kind of awkward. But, but I'm always like, okay, as long as I don't lose my unit, it's fine. Yeah. Like, if I have the biggest unit on board... I don't need I don't need to topple kind of, and if they right, find exactly. a way to remove yeah, it, no, you can, it you can topple fine. Like, three units. I was like level. trying to trade off my biggest units. So I could topple, <laughs> to their topple stuff yeah. and have the, the, the big because I you know my my second unit was kind of like equal to theirs, so I'd still be able to topple and stuff. It was just uh, yeah, no, I agree. Topples uh, topple is a great card. Yeah, that, that that's funny. Sometimes you just hope that your opponent has the finest hour to to block or to to attack. Uh, if he attacks to kill your unit, that you can topple. <laughs> well, as we're wrapping up here, last couple questions. Um, so, uh, going forward, you went into the open thinking that you wanted to be TJP, and you left the open thinking that being some combination of TJPs of what was right is that is that sort of your your premise going forward yeah yeah like i i don't want to be in in fire or shadow anymore if it's not super open all right well that's that's interesting um yeah again i I, like i said i've listened to a lot of podcasts this week and uh it seemed like a lot of the teams were sort of on in that opinion but then the team misplay uh just released their uh, podcast this week, and uh, uh, D Dubs, who also made uh, top four, and um, and they had actually a lot of people in the top sixty-four. I think five members made it to the top sixty-four, and they were very high still on fire, and ended up drafting a lot of aggressive fire decks and had success. So it's pretty interesting how these different team philosophies all kind of led. 
to to good results, even though they were sort of focusing on different things. Yeah, the FBS like draft is still like you you. I don't think you can you can force uh, everything. It still has to be kind of open. That's why I ended up with some some awkward decks. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I really like my 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 main plan was to 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 stay open uh, to to any any signs, and if if I don't get any other signs, then I will go <laughs> TJP. Yeah. All right, and then uh, finally, uh, we have uh, two questions from our patrons. Um, so one, uh, Steve Irwin asks, so how do you deal with a run of bad luck or bad draws after drafting a good deck? I just do another draft and do good <laughs> and do well. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I know this feeling like, especially in the, uh, in the, in the acro times, um, when I played a deck, a stone scar deck, and I was like, wow, this is super good. I had like multiple Furies, Cannons, Skullbreakers, whatever. Uh, and I was like, this deck has to go up to seven wins. And then I end like 1-3 and it was super, super, uh, yeah, it feels just super bad. I, I think, yeah, the, the best thing is just to start an next draft into better. And sometimes this will go, <laughs> this will go bad again, but. Yeah, there's no, unfortunately, there's no easy way out of having some bad luck except you know kind of do what you, you talked about is like find a little community um say join a discord like farming eternal and you know there's plenty of people that are happy to chat or talk or help and um and yeah i think <laughs> you know it's just sort of you know when you're on a bad streak to sort of help correct maybe what you're what you're missing or doing wrong yeah, yeah and, and yeah you just have to accept that sometimes it's it's just luck like like yeah. draft is it's really luck based and like yeah being being stuck on influence or power and yeah or just sometimes it feels so bad if if your opponent just have the perfect answer to what you play each single turn it's it's just yeah it just feels bad sometimes or like the the game you you mentioned earlier, where you're waiting for a power for five turns and then you lose. I think you just yeah. have to accept that it sometimes happens, and then just play your best in the in the next game again. Yeah, it's I, it. Yeah, some sometimes it's hard to to stay focused and to not to not uh yeah kind of kind of tilt. <laughs> right. Yeah, just just stay stay focused and don't overreact. I think is all right. And then Cotillion has, uh, I, I think, a very important question um, mm -hmm. that some of us struggle with. And uh, uh, he says, "I heard Frafa played day two on his phone while on vacation. What are some strategies for getting their wife slash significant other to?" Go along with this plan. <laughs> oh, that that's that's quite hard. <laughs> the it, it was a long process. Um, we like we have a, we have a six six and a half weeks break, and we want to go to uh, on vacation. Um, and I said before the start of the vacation, on these two weekends are the eternal openings, and I don't want to go on vacation on those two weekends, knowing that it won't work. Because if my wife wants to go on vacation, we go on vacation. 
and and but but it was just I was setting setting it up kind of, and then um, we always go relatively spontaneous, and uh, and then the weather was great, and then then she was like, oh, I really want to go this weekend. I know there's the opening, and then I I'm like, oh no, I really want to play, and then and then it's like then finally we agree on okay, we go on vacation, but I can play all uh, the two evenings in the opening. <laughs> That's basically all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, kind of, I was very hemming and hawing about whether I was going to play because we do farmer's markets. Um, I work Saturday and Sunday at farmer's markets and stuff. And so finding the time to draft is is very difficult um, for the opens. And but then everyone seemed like they're having so fun. So then Saturday, I was like, oh, maybe I'll just try to play my games. And then after going 6-1 uh, with the first draft, I texted my wife and I was like, I unfortunately joined the the draft open. And she's like, well, what are you going to do tomorrow? And I was <laughs> like, well, my plan is to just lose the rest of my games, uh, which I thought I was saying as a joke. But then my next draft went 2-5. Uh, so uh i maybe shouldn't have joked <laughs> that way yeah right um and also uh which is quite uh good for me uh in my time it's evening so so i played uh day one games friday starting at 8 p.m so after we 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 were hiking and on sunday it starts at uh, 7 p.m so so it's a little bit more easy i, I don't think she would have been happy if i played like uh, at noon, <laughs> yeah. So that that also helps move move to a time zone where the eternal journeys are in the evening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't move too far. You don't you don't want to move to Asia. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. That that's midnight. <laughs> um, but yeah, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Frafa. I really appreciate it. This was great. Yeah, I, I had fun too. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so I I um I think we'll end our show here. Uh, like I said, it was great to pick your brain about this. We appreciate you submitting all your deck lists. We appreciate you streaming as often as you do. It's a great, fun watch. You're a very um, sort of chill and even-keeled guy and uh, very interesting, and you talk through your plays. You don't get too upset at the game, so I, I really enjoy watching your stream. And, um, yeah, and maybe, hopefully, we can have you back on again sometime. Yeah. Yeah, when, you win, when you win the next Open. <laughs> okay, that, that's a plan. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, thanks again to all our patrons for making this show a success. And for those of you who are not patrons, a reminder to give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. You can join us in our Discord link in the show notes. Finally, thumbs up all of Brave and Dragon's Reddit posts. And don't forget to send all your 7-1 deck lists you do this week to farmingeternal at gmail.com or post them on the Discord. And remember to keep on farming. Have a good night.